You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Uh, today, here's what we're doing. Today, we're continuing our series. Uh, it's called A Better Life. And if you haven't been with us, we're talking about the Ten Commandments. And more uh, specifically, we're talking about the principle behind each commandment. How the Ten Commandments aren't just a list of do's and don'ts. It's not just, hey, don't have any fun, don't do anything, like here's, here's all the things you can't do. No, the Ten Commandments actually are principles that if we would apply them to our life, God wants you to live a better life. And we're going to look at that today. There's one that we're looking at today that is uh, specifically has a promise attached to it. In fact, let's, let's, uh, uh, before I get into it, we're talking about the principle of honor. I don't want to get ahead of my slides, okay? So uh, honor, uh, we're talking about honor. So let's look at the, the verse that this principle comes from. Exodus 20, verse 12. This is the New King James. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at this commandment from three different places in God's word. Two from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, and each time it has a promise attached to it. This is fascinating to ask the question though, why would God put honoring parents in the top 10 things that he could give mankind? Like why would, I mean, why would God really do that? Like if he wants you to live a better life, out of all the 10 things, honoring our parents, honoring authority. Why, why is that such a big deal? Um, especially since God knew that man would fall and God knew that many of us might grow up with potentially really bad parents or no parents, parents that were sinful, parents that were Christian, but hypocrites, parents that were great at church, but it was hell at home, right? Like why would God put this commandment in these top 10 things, knowing that people are pretty messed up and our parents and some of our home lives were awful. Why would God put this in here? Uh, one of the things I would say is this. God is trying to get us to understand the principle of honoring authority because the consequences of dishonoring authority get more and more severe the older we get. Let me say that again. The consequences of dishonoring authority they get more and more severe the older we get. And so we need to make sure, Lord, I see your commandment. I want to understand the principle, and then I want to apply it to my life in a healthy way. Because that's the big question, right? You may read this, and you may be sitting there thinking, my parents were awful. I don't know how I can honor my parents. We're going to answer that question here in just a little bit. How do we do that? How do you honor dishonorable people? We'll get to that in just a second. But here's the why. I'm going to give you the why behind the principle first. This is point number one. If you're taking notes, um, this is the fill in the blank number one. Honor produces faith. Honor produces faith. I want to remind you that when you came in today, hopefully you got one of those little note-taking cards. It's a little half sheet. If you didn't, if you want to slip out and grab one from the resource table on either side over here, you can. Um, it's really important. I, we, we do that not just because we want to give you something to draw on while I'm talking. Hopefully you're not doing that, just doodling. We want to give those to you. Here's the most important part, not because I came up with three really good points. The most important thing on those, those cards are the scriptures. I say this a lot, and I stole this from my pastor growing up, but he always said this, don't take my word for it, take God's word for it. And that's my prayer every time we gather, that yeah, I do my best to hear from God, I seek him, and I hear what God's put on my heart, I try to put it in a, in a format that I think makes it easy to understand, but at the end of the day, I want you to see the verses, 
And I want you to take those scriptures home, look them up in your Bible, read them in context, and don't just trust anything you hear because someone has pastor in front of their name. Okay? I know that may sound weird coming from a pastor, okay? But hear my heart in that. God would love for you to go home and take the scriptures that we talk about and to look them up in your Bible and have some quiet alone time with him and abide with him. That's the whole point of why we're gathering today. Not to come hear some good motivational talk because I'm not the best speaker, but I will give you some principles and I'll give you some truth that you can go home and apply to your life. That's the whole point. So don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it, okay? So here we go. Honor produces faith. If you want to have a greater faith to believe God for things, honor will lead you to that. Honor will lead you to that. When I learn to honor God, honor authority, I, it will lead to me having a greater faith. And let me show you what I mean. Let's go back to our key verse, Exodus 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon, here we go, the land which the Lord your God is giving you. We've got to remember he was given this commandment to the children of Israel, right? They had just been freed from slavery. Now God is preparing them to go into what's called the promised land, a land in which he wanted to give them. It wasn't going to be an easy journey. Even in the land, there was, um, you know, there was uh, uh, battles that they would face. There was things that they would come against. And so it wasn't an easy thing, but he was preparing them saying, I've freed you from slavery. Let me give you these principles to live by so that you will have great success moving forward. And that's what he's trying to do here. He says, I'm taking you to the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Upon the land which the Lord he's given you. What's interesting is the majority of the people who came out of Egypt never entered the promised land. So they were freed, but they never got to experience the land which the Lord your God is giving you. They never got to experience the rest of this. They never saw it. In fact, you know, they're in the wilderness for 40 years. Everyone 20 years and older died in the wilderness except two people, Joshua and Caleb. Why? Well, God gave this principle so that they could live a long life in that land, but they never made it because they failed to honor God's word. What is the principle? Honor. They failed to understand the principle of honor. And because of that, because they failed to honor, they had a failure of belief or faith in God. In fact, this is what Hebrews says. Hebrews points this out directly. Hebrews 3.19, it sums it up and says this. So we see that they, the children of Israel, could not enter the promised land because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Honor sets off this chain reaction. When I choose to honor God, we'll, just, we'll go with God for right now. We'll get into some other stuff. When I choose to honor God, honor his word, live by his principles, I experience his goodness. It doesn't mean my life is all sunshine and roses and rainbows and unicorns. That's not what I'm talking about. There will be battles, but God wants you to live a better life. That's what the series is about. When I honor his principles and his word, I live in this goodness and his favor. And because of that, it builds my faith that he is who he says he is. Because I did what he said to do, he did what he said he would do. And it builds my faith to say, well, if he did it then, he's going to do it now. Well, if I, if, man, if I did that and then there's a few times where I didn't honor his word and all that happened and my family got into that mess, I'm not going to do that. What does it do? It puts faith in me to see God is who he says he is. There's a contrast to that. God may not be who you think he is, but he is who he says he is. Many times we have a perception of God that's based on my earthly father or a parent or some other authority figure. He's not always who you think he is, but he is who he says he is. Does that make sense? They fail to believe. They fail to have faith in what God said. 
because of that, they never experienced all that God had for them. They never experienced all that God had for them. But here's what I would challenge us. When it comes to honoring, when it comes to setting up the next generation for, for success, to live a better life, we as parents, let me talk to the parents of, of young children in the room, we as parents need to train our kids how to obey and honor authority. And that begins in the home. How do we obey? How do we honor authority? That begins with us, right? It's not the church's job to train our kids to be good Christians. Like even my son Gavin, right? He's eight years old. It's not my church's job to train. It's my church's job to partner with me as a parent. But it's not my church's job to raise a godly son. That's my job. It's not the school's job to train and to, to set up my, my kids for success. No, that's the parent's job. That's my job. That's my responsibility biblically from God. But many times I would say this, many modern, the modern parenting techniques, the modern, um, even educated parents, many times we would seek to be loved, not honored. And that's the difference. I want my kids to love me, but God said we need to train them to honor. Not, love is, is good, right? Everyone wants to be loved. That's, that's a good thing. But the command is, it's interesting that it's specific for honor. The Bible doesn't command necessarily our kids to love us. Now, let's take it to the New Testament. Jesus, what does he say? He sums up all the commandments and he says, love God, love your neighbor, love others. Now, can mom and dad fall into that category? Yes, they can. However, it's interesting though that the commandment says honor, honor, because there are going to be some times where it's tough to love someone, maybe even psychologically impossible to love someone with my, my feelings or my actions, but I can still show them honor. I can show them honor, even if it's not um, in person. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me, let me stick to my notes because I'm going to get into all that in just a second. We have to learn to be honorable parents. It's my job as a parent to represent my Heavenly Father well. If I'm a Christian parent, it's my job to represent my Heavenly Father well to my kids. Because many times, maybe, many of you maybe even, if you had a father who was not a good father, who was, who was mean, who was maybe abusive, or maybe who was absent, you never even knew him, or he was just not, not available, it's tough to view a Heavenly Father because of how your earthly father treated you. I have good news for you. God says he is the father to the fatherless. So even if you don't have a father, he is your father. And he's a perfect dad. He's not like your earthly dad. He is a perfect dad to you. Honor produces faith. When we teach our kids, it produces faith when we teach our kids to obey us, to honor us. We're teaching them how to walk in faithful obedience to their heavenly father. So here's how we do that. When, I, when my kids do well... I need to reward them, right? <laughs> not, not always, now there's things that I expect them to do, but when I ask them to do things, I need to let them know, hey, you're doing good. Thank you for doing that with a great attitude. Thank you for seeing that, and I didn't have to ask you. Thank you for just doing that. Little things, it doesn't always have to be, hey, you took out the trash, we're going to Disney World. Like, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? Because that's not an accurate representation of our Heavenly Father, right? Just because you were nice to somebody at work, you don't get a million dollars in your bank account. That's not, a, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about basic uh, response to obedience. But the, uh, the other is also true. 
There's a lot of parenting today that's done, and there's no consequences for actions. There's no consequences. However, we see in Scripture there are consequences for sin. And here's, here's where the issue comes down to. We've got to teach our kids how to walk in obedience, as long as we're being godly parents, how to walk in obedience to us, so they will have the faith to walk in obedience to a heavenly father. But if I don't follow through with blessing and encouragement, if I don't follow through with consequences, I'm setting them up for failure later on. I'm setting them up for failure. People obey God. Think of it this way. People obey God because they believe God. I'm going to break that down for a second. People obey God. Why? Because they believe God. Here's, here's what I mean. Many people, if they're not, I'm not talking about stumbling from time to time, but I'm talking about knowingly, willingly living in sin. We disobey God that way because we don't believe that there is blessing for obedience and consequences for disobedience. We knowingly, willingly will continue to live in sin because I don't really believe that there's blessing for obedience and consequences for disobedience. But there is. (laughs) That's what this whole series is about. God says, I've designed the world to move in a certain direction. And when you align yourself with how I'm moving and the principles I've laid out, your life will be better. Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean it's going to be battle-free. But things will go well with you. Children obey their parents. Why? Same way we reason we obey God. Because they believe there are consequences to disobedience. Think of yourself as a kid, right? Why did you walk in obedience or why did you not <laughs> walk in obedience? I believed. My parents put some, some, some uh, belief in me, okay? Proverbs tells us that there are consequences for disobedience. And for kids, let's say something that's controversial, that's spanking. Now, what did I say to begin with? Don't take my word for it. What does God's word say? I'm no parenting expert, but I will give you God's word. And let's find out what it says. Proverbs 13, 24. It says this, He who withholds the rod of discipline, this is the Amplified, so good. He who withholds the rod of discipline hates his son. What are we as parents? I love my kids. I love my kids. But he who loves him disciplines and trains him diligently and appropriately with wisdom and love. In anger, to abuse, absolutely not. To leave marks on their body, absolutely not. But in wisdom and in love, absolutely. God shows us that's, that's what we need to do. But here's, many times we get caught in this trap of, this is kind of that modern parenting style where if you talk too much about this, right, police are going to show up at your doorstep, right? But we're going to talk about God's word today. Um, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about leaving marks. I'm not talking about um, slapping kids over the head. That's not what biblical discipline is. God gave humans this area back here, okay, <laughs> with a lot of sensitivity, okay, just to get our attention a little bit with a with a little pop. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about out of anger, out of an anger response. That is not God at all. However, let's look at a few more verses. Why is this important? I'm only going to give you four, but there's a lot more than four. Just read through Proverbs. Proverbs 23 says this, do not withhold discipline from the child. If you swat him with a reed-like rod applied with godly wisdom, he will not die. Is it heartbreaking to give a little one a little spanking? It is. It really is. But we're not swatting to kill them, and you're not going to kill them, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about getting their attention to know there are consequences when we sin. When we, when we sin. Let's continue. You shall swat him with a reed-like rod. What do you mean what? You, need, you should. You need to. That's what you're supposed to do uh, with a reed-like rod. And look at this. Rescue his life from Sheol or the netherworld, the place of the dead. Another translation. All the rest of them basically say hell. Think of the power of discipline in our kids' lives. We want to see our world turn around and go to God, it starts when they're little. And it starts with us showing them the principles of God, disciplining children when done biblically and in love, not in abusive anger matter, not like that at all. It can save our kids from hell. That's what it says. Okay? That's what it says. There's been times when Gavin was, was little where I responded in a bad way and I gave him a spanking out of anger. And every time I did, I didn't abuse him or leave marks on him, but I, I responded. I didn't give myself time to calm down before I responded in discipline. And every time, I learned this from my dad, I went in there and I would sit on his bed and I would apologize. Why? Because me responding in that anger, swift response, quick response, was not an accurate representation of my Heavenly Father's discipline. My Heavenly Father will discipline me. We see it in Scripture. Sin invites destruction on the life. I had to go in and say, Gavin, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I had to humble myself and be like, I did that wrong. And we would hug, say I love you, and we would forget it, and we'd go up and have a good time. We've disciplined, we've addressed it, now we're going to move on with the day. We're not going to sulk, we're not going to bring it back up in two weeks. No. But as parents, we have to understand how to do it biblically. Because many times people are uh, against it because it's, they saw it done to them, not in a biblical manner. And because of that, they steer away from it. We've got to find the middle ground. Let's look at another one. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen: The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. This is a perfect example of what's happening in our culture today. A child left to himself. Too many parents don't know what their kids have on their devices. They'll be playing on their phone or their device in their room in a closed door. Like too many kids are left to themselves because mom and dad are too busy watching their show or on their own phone and the kids are just doing whatever. We've been with people before and we're at a party, at a get-together, a kid's party, and they don't even know where their kids are. Look, (laughs) a child left to themselves doesn't mean you got to be a helicopter parent, right? That's not what I'm talking about. But... A child left to themselves with no discipline, with no follow-up, with no checking in, it brings shame to the parents. Here's another one. Proverbs 22, 15. I love, this is the New Living. I use the New Living for this one right here. A youngster's heart. Come on, man. Who do you got to love the Bible here? A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive it far away. Look, when we're born... And as we grow, you don't have to, I didn't have to train Gavin when he was two. I didn't have to train him to be sneaky or to, to be bad or to try to cover up things. He just did it, okay? He just knew how. It was in him. Why? Because foolishness. He had foolishness. But we had to drive it out. <laughs> and in doing so, we set him up for success. Parents are instructed to drive foolishness far from their children, in fact, I would say this, if any of you are teachers, you could ask any teacher, you could ask our workers across the hall, they know who's being disciplined at home and who's not. It's no secret. They know. How do we drive away foolishness? Through biblical discipline. And in doing so, what am I doing? I'm training my kids how to honor. Man, there is consequences. Mom and dad are serious. When I disobey, when I sin, there is consequences. So guess what? 
when they grow and as they learn to mature with the Lord, they're going to read it and they're going to know. God's word says if I do this, that bad stuff's going to happen to me. I believe. (laughs) Why? Because mom and dad showed me there is consequences for good and for bad. If parents don't discipline their kids, hear me in this, hear my heart in this. Someone else will with far worse consequences to follow. A few moments of tears, a few moments of a, a small spanking is momentary when you're done biblically and in love. But if we don't, someone else will. This is why so many young people, many times they grow up and they can't keep a job. And most of the ones that can't keep a job all say the same thing. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, the problem is, yes, they are. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you work. You're going to have somebody tell you what to do. Why? They don't honor. They never understood the concept of honor. Somebody is going to tell you what to do. And you better get on board or your life's just going to be this vicious cycle of I can't keep a job. and I'm holding out for this job and I can't honor. What's going to happen? <laughs> they end up in jail. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, the police are going to tell you what to do. I need to honor. I've got to choose to honor. When we don't, it invites destructiveness, the destructiveness of sinful lifestyle. It will overtake our kids eventually. Parents, again, I'm no parenting expert, but I can show you God's word, and God makes it very simple. When we discipline, we set our kids up to follow the principle of honor. We set them up for success. We're saying, I'm going to do my part so they can do well in this world. They can do well in this life. However, hear me in this. It's not just about discipline. It's not our job just to show the consequences of disobedience to our kids, but also the rewards of obedience. My son Gavin is really into Star Wars. He loves Star Wars, and he started getting into Lego Star Wars. They just keep making Star Wars stuff, and it's just draining my bank account. Okay, Anyway, they, they keep making stuff to get my money, and, and somehow I, I keep doing it. Anyway, uh, Gavin loves Lego Star Wars, and he... Uh, he doesn't have a device. He's only eight years old. But he, he, there's a Lego Star Wars game that I downloaded for him on my phone. He plays maybe 30 minutes a week. Maybe. Uh, maybe an hour at the most a week. It's very limited. But here's, here was the deal we made. I said, if I'm going to get this game, then before you can play a new level, you need to do some work. There's jobs we can have for you to do around the house. And so we set up a deal. He, this last week he was asking, hey, I want to play a new level on the game. Cool. I got a job for you. It's been a few weeks since we've scooped uh, dog poop in the backyard. And if you don't know, we have a 100-pound Great Dane. And so a few weeks is a lot, okay? Um, Put it that way. (laughs) And uh, so I said, if you go out there, you do a good job, you're diligent, you can play the next level. So he said, all right. He finishes homework. He goes, changes his clothes. He gets all the stuff. I set him up. I said, all right, I'm going to come out and check when you're done. Let me know when you're done. I'll come out and check and see how we did. He goes out there, and what got me is that he had a great attitude. He didn't complain how stinky and smelly it was, though it was. He had a good attitude, and he did it diligently. Why? He knew if I do this, even though it's not easy, that there's a reward at the end. Good will come from it. The other thing is this. Not just obedience. This is a little side note. When we obey with a good attitude, it goes a lot farther. When I choose to honor God with my tithe... I can do it grudgingly, or I can have the right heart and have a good attitude. God loves a cheerful giver. My attitude while I walk in obedience to God is very important. Gavin want, wants to be uh, Darth Vader, of course, for, for trick-or-treating this year. And so um, in doing so, he's been asking, when can we get the costume? He's itching to get it. And after he went out, and because he had such a great attitude, he came back in. And, you know, after he took a shower, we sat down. And I said, listen, bud, you did really good. I checked your work. You did so good scooping all that poop back there. <laughs> Um, 
And I said, you did really good. Thank you for doing that. Because of that, you're going to get to play the next level. But I said, listen to me. Because you chose to have a good attitude while you worshiped, or not while you worshiped, while you uh, did the job, because you had a good attitude, I said, we're going to go ahead and buy that costume. And it'll be here in a few days. Does that sound good? Oh, yeah. So he's freaking out, right? I thought, yeah, that's amazing. I said, listen to me. You know why? Because I love you. Because when you obey with a good attitude, it pays. It's the same with God. Hear me in this. We've got to set our kids up for success to live this better life. When we walk in obedience to God and we honor his word, we invite his blessing into our, into our lives. And honor produces faith. How? When I honor my parents as a kid, even right now, when I honor, I see God's blessing, the promise that comes with it. And it builds my faith so that I see because I honored him, look what God did in my life. And if he did it this time, I bet he's going to do it another time. And so I'm going to trust him in this area. I'm going to push it a little bit. I'm going to have some faith in this area. And by doing so, I give God the opportunity to show up. And every time he shows up, it builds my faith a little bit more. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. Does that make sense? Here's point number two. I'm going to go quick here. Honor leads to blessings. We've already talked about this, but let's dive into it just for really briefly. It's very specific. Honor leads to blessings. So here's the second place we see this. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Here's two things it says to do for us, right? Obey and honor. You may be sitting there thinking, well, I'm in my 60s or I'm in my 70s or older. You know, my parents aren't around. Honor and, and obey. The first one is this, obey. How do I obey? I, when, when we're kids, I obey when I'm in my parents' home. But I honor when I grow up and I have my own home. Honor is a decision that's outside of the home many times. I teach, I honor them while I'm in their home as well, yes. But honor extends past my time as a youth. Honor extends past. Uh, may, you might have had your parents say this, as long as you're in my house, you're going to go by my rules, Right? That's good. That's how it should be. There is a, there's a structure, a leadership structure to every biblical home. And so, yes, that should be how it be. We're going to honor God and, and we're going to honor authority and different things like that. But here's what's interesting. When we choose to obey and honor, specifically we're looking at honor, there's a promise to the principle of honor. And this is the only commandment that has it. The other ones are, are things that talk about uh, why you should do it, maybe, but like last week. But this one has a promise. And here's the thing. It's not just a long life. It's not just a long life. Many times we just quote that, but here's what it is. It is the first part that it may be well with you and you will live a long life. It may be well with you. Have you ever seen two kids that grew up under the same parents and one of them does great and the other one does not so great? One of them it goes well with and the other one their life does not go well with. Why? The one that it went well with chose honor. You can look at their attitude, their actions, even if you could see the thoughts of their heart towards their parents and towards authority, honor. And when honor's involved, it will go well with them. And I can tell you this, it will go well with you. One honors their parents, one does not. The principle of honor, though, it starts in the home. Yes, that is the foundation of the principle of honor. But it extends past that all the way through our lives. In fact, let's look at Romans 13, verses 1. It says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists this authority resists the ordinances of God, or the order of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Why is it important to learn to honor because if I don't I invite God's judgment onto myself here's what that word subject means subject means this it's from a military background the original language and it means this to submit to without any questions the troop leader 
If you've been in the military at all, you understand that. Why is that important? Why is it important to be subject in the military? Because it could save lives. It could save your life. It could save the guys next to your lives. Let me put a little asterisk with this, though, with this point. Obviously, if my government is telling me to not obey God, I obey God. That's where rubber meets the road. If I, if, that's what we see in Scripture. Look at the New Testament. If my government is telling me not to, I have to choose to obey God. I will choose God over this. However, we've been blessed, especially living in a, in a state like Oklahoma, in a, in a city like Tulsa, where most of the time it's easy to do this. Okay, that's not the point for today. We're talking about honor, and we're, specifically I want to look at, though, what happens when we don't. It says that we are inviting the judgment of God on ourselves. So let's look at the opposite of this. Where do we see that word subject again? It's in Luke 2, verses 51 through 52. Same word here, but let's read these two verses. It says, then he went down. This is Jesus. Jesus went down with his parents. They came to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And here's a popular verse you probably know. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Most of you might know that second verse. He increased in wisdom, stature. That's great. Why? Why did he increase in all of those areas? He was subject to his authority. He was subject to his parents. He honored his parents. Because of that, he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. If Jesus is subject to his parents, shouldn't we be? Now, I'm going to get into some of the details here in a second. Here's what's interesting about this concept of honoring parents. You look at history. We can, do, we can look back at history in many different places, and you can see how in history, countries or cities would turn and, and go in an evil direction. Specifically, we could look at um, World War II, when Hitler wanted to turn an entire country down this evil path. When he wanted to, Hitler, what did he do? First thing he did, one of the first, he went after the children. And he taught them, he taught the kids, that if their parents disagreed with Nazism, that they should turn their parents into the government. What was he doing? He was teaching the kids to not honor their parents. Because I guarantee some of, their, some of those parents probably had a good head on their shoulders. Obviously they did, because they were going against what the culture was saying. But they trained the kids to turn their back on their parents. We are seeing the beginning of that in our culture. There are states, there are cities who are putting laws into place that they can do things and kids can make changes to their body and they can get all types of stuff done to them without mom and dad knowing anything. What does that do? That does not honor the parent's authority. And it's a destructive path to go down. See, there's nothing new under the sun. The devil does the same thing. He just wraps it in something new, something culturally relevant, something that's just kind of popular. But honor brings blessing. And here's point number three. Honor leads to destiny. I'll wrap up with this. Honor leads to destiny, meaning our purpose, where God wants us to be. That's what destiny is, where he wants us to be. Let's look at the third place we see this commandment. Deuteronomy 5.16 it says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Many Christians think when they, when they think of the promised land, they think how does the promised land apply to us today in 2022, they think the promised land is heaven someday. It's not. When, when Scripture talks about the promised land for us in, in, in today's world, it's not the promised land. It's not heaven because heaven doesn't have enemies in it. The promised land for the children of Israel did. There were still more battles to be won. In heaven, there aren't going to be any battles to be won. It's won. 
For us, the promised land is the overcoming Christian life on this earth, meaning you will face battles, there will be some hardship, but when you put your faith in Jesus, you can walk through and he will take you through it and you can have victory in this life. There's, there will be struggles. That's what Jesus said. However, he's overcome the world. He said, I'll walk with you in this world. That's the promised land for us, the overcoming Christian life. God's desire is that it would be well with you. You would defeat spiritual enemies and you live well on this earth. But honor is not just about what I say. Honor is about what I do. It's about how I think in my heart towards people, towards my parents. And so here's the question today. We're talking a lot about parenting and stuff. And you may say, well, I'm older. I don't live under my parents' roof or anything like that. How does this apply to me? And even more so, you may say, what if I had bad parents? Right? What if my parents were sinful? What if my parents were heathens? Right? What if, my, what if I had church parents that were hypocrites? What if I had church parents who were abusive? What if I don't have parents and they abandoned me and I don't know who they were and I don't know why I don't know who they were? How do I honor? How do we honor dishonorable people? And the simple answer is this, and it's not necessarily an easy answer. The simple answer is you choose to. You have to choose to. You have to, and here's what you have to do. You have to choose to understand that you were raised by imperfect humans. Imperfect humans. Many of them, if you had parents that grew up in church, many of them didn't have access to the truth that you have access to today. Many of their churches were legalistic, extremely formal, and in many ways it kind of taught many of the older generation to be fake, to go put on a good show at church and go home and no one knows. There's no social media. There's nothing to post about. Go home and, and, and live your lifestyle. I have great parents. In fact, my parents are right here in the front row. I have great parents, but they were not perfect. They weren't perfect. They'll tell you that. They can tell you stories. I could tell you stories. But you will never hear me dishonor them. You'll never hear it. And because I've chosen that path, it has gone well with me. It hasn't been perfect. I've faced some extremely difficult times in my life, in my wife and I's life. We've faced heartache. We've faced attacks. It hasn't been perfect. But God's favor has been abundant. Why? Because the principle of honor. It will go well with you and you will live a long life. And that's why we have to understand what honor is. How, if you have dishonorable parents, I would say this. You've got to choose in your heart to forgive them. I know it's difficult if you've been through some very serious stuff. But I'm telling you, if you don't forgive, you invite bitterness and unforgiveness into your heart. And it's only going to affect you, not them. It will bring destruction on you, not them. The other thing is this. Forgiveness and honoring parents that were not honorable or are not honorable does not mean access. I've forgiven a lot of people who have done me wrong in my life, but it doesn't mean they have access to me. Hey, I've forgiven you. Now you can come over every Friday night and hang out with my family. No. Biblical forgiveness is I've forgiven you in my heart, but I'm going to put up some boundaries because you're not going to hurt me or my wife or my kids. So I'm going to forgive you, but you can stay at a distance. And I'll love you from a distance. And that's fine. It's the same way with honor. I can honor, if you have dishonorable parents, I can honor dishonorable parents from a distance doesn't mean I have to have them in my life and then continue to cause destruction in my life. That's not what I'm saying. Honor can be done. Forgiveness can be done with a distance and with health that way. Many people might ask, why did God put me in this family? Why, why did God give me these parents? I would just remind you of this. God may have not put you in a situation, but he can take you through a situation. 
It's the story of Joseph. Joseph is a, is a godly young man. Crisis after crisis after crisis happens to him over and over and over again. He stays faithful. He continues to honor when it's not easy. And what happens is eventually God brings him through it to his destiny, what he has for him. And he says, well, you meant to harm me. God used it for good. So have faith that though you may come from an awful situation, if you will choose to forgive, to honor with boundaries, with a distance, in a healthy, godly way, God will show up in your life and you will experience the goodness of the Lord. You may have parents that aren't alive anymore and you still have thoughts towards them that is not good, not honoring. You can choose honor and God will still show up in your life even though they may be passed on. You can still choose honor today. Honor produces faith. We've got to be honorable parents. Honor brings blessing. It will go well with you. Honor leads to destiny. If you want to experience all that God has for you on this earth, we've got to make some decisions to choose to honor authority. Let me pray as I wrap out here. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We say thank you for your goodness and for your grace. God, today, I thank you that your word has gone forth, and I pray that it would produce fruit in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would give us help as your helper is with us. Help us, Lord. Help us forgive if we need to forgive. Show honor where we need to show honor. Help us take steps, but help us do it in a healthy way. Not a way that invites destruction or harm, but help us do it in a healthy way. If we need to do it at a distance, help us do it at a distance. But help us find freedom so that we can walk in what you have for us. And God, I pray for all the parents in the room. I pray that, Lord, give us grace. (laughs) Give us peace. Uh, Give us self-control, Lord, as we choose to, to teach our kids how to honor and how to walk in obedience. Help us lead them and set them up for success in this life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.